You're listening to the HFO Multifamily Market Watch Podcast. Apartment owners who need to know trust HFO, the leading source for multifamily information in Oregon and Washington. Welcome back to HFO's Multifamily Market Watch Podcast. It's the week of March 13, 2023. I'm Mike Pierce, HFO Senior Research Analyst. The big stories from this past week. Multifamily and the Silicon Valley and Signature Bank collapses. Why you should focus on tenant retention in 2023 and multifamily construction outpaces demand in Portland. HFO's podcasts are sponsored by the construction firm of J.R. Johnson, offering restoration and emergency repair work for multifamily properties. HFO is your leading multifamily firm in Oregon and Washington. Now, on to our news briefing. The stunning failure of Silicon Valley Bank, which is shut down by state regulators and taken over by Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation on Friday morning, sent shockwaves through the tech industry. But it could have major implications for real estate, too. Though the bank is primarily lent to venture capital and private equity firms, about 15% of the loans on its books were secured by residential and commercial real estate, according to its 2022 financial report. As the FDIC works to sell off SVB's assets and pay out insured and uninsured debt deposits, these loans will have to change hands. The bank's fall has also led to a broader stock market sell-off that prompted stock exchange to halt trading for a number of regional banks, including prominent commercial real estate lender Signature Bank and First Republic Bank. SVB held about $8.3 billion in loans secured by personal resident mortgages at the end of last year and another $138 million linked to home equity line credits. The bank also held $2.6 billion in commercial real estate loans. Some 35% of its commercial-backed loans were on multifamily properties, office properties accounting for another 21%. In its annual report, SVB said its commercial-backed loans may involve a higher risk of default compared to other types of loans. Given uncertainty around the economy and residual effects of the pandemic on retail, hotel, and office, the bank increased exposure to commercial real estate in 2021 when it acquired Boston Private for $900 million. At the end of last year, the majority of SBB's commercial backed loans were between $10 and $20 million. These loans totaled $739 million, and it also had on its books $733 million worth of loans of $5 million or less. SVB made fewer larger portfolio loans. Loans of $30 million or more total only $250 million, according to SEC filings. Approximately 27% of its outstanding loan balances were to borrowers based in California, though the bank's reports have not provided a geographical breakdown of the real estate loans. The firm is also invested in $1.5 billion in commercial-backed securities, making up just 1% of its securities portfolio at the end of 2022. SVB's collapse marks the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history and the largest since the 2008 financial crisis. The California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation closed the bank Friday morning after it reported huge losses on its bond holdings, which suffered in value after interest rates rose last year. Customers then started requesting to cash out deposits faster than the bank expected, prompting it to sell off its bond holdings at a loss. We'll be following the story as more details come to light. Multifamily operators should concentrate on tenant retention in 2023. The debt rates are rising and cap rates are increasing. Multifamily owners and investors should revisit their tenant retention strategies by considering enhanced communication, amenities offered, and social connections amongst its tenants. Completions are increasing, rent growth is slowing, and rising debt costs are putting downward pressure on NOIs and ultimately valuations. Further reducing expenses will become more challenging as inflation remains stubbornly high. The good news is multifamily landlords are paying more attention to tenant retention. Yardi Matrix recently revisited its 2023 rent growth outlook from 3.5 to 3.7. Although still positive, this downward pressure on revenues will mean we must look elsewhere to boost our bottom lines. Resident churn can be expensive, costing between $1,000 and $5,000 per unit on turnover. According to RealPage, tenant retention has recently come off its 2022 peak. 
Of renters with expiring leases, 54.8% signed renewals, and with a typical renewal rent increase of 11%. Meanwhile, multifamily construction is also on the rise. More supply and lower rent growth means renters will have more market optionality, increasing movement across all rental assets and markets. There are a few simple strategies to keep your current customers happier in place. Simple things that create connections within the community, like asking for feedback often, be accessible through technology and in-person, proactively provide resources and tools to tenants, host events, and create shared workspaces. It's also very important to have goals and metrics that you can observe over time. 24% of multifamily operators do not have formal retention goals within the company. This is a mistake. Metrics and KPIs need to be measured and reported just like you would with rent and expenses. This can be a problem when you also consider 87% of landlords say retention and renewal of current clients is more of a focus in 2023. Innovation in smart property technology is not only an amenity increasing demand by tenants, but it can also help reduce expenses. There are a number of prop tech verticals owners and operators should be exploring and developing. A formal strategic plan for how you discover, test, and deploy new technology in your business. If multifamily operators can use technology to reduce costs and enhance resident experience, the blow of slow rent growth and higher debt and inflation can be softened. Multifamily construction outpaces demand in Portland, with some analysis provided by John Gillum from CoStar Analytics. A once skyrocketing multifamily market in Portland, Oregon is beginning to show signs of falling back to earth. Leasing activity in the metropolitan area has cooled dramatically as the historically slower winter months took hold. While stubbornly high inflation has caused residents to trim budgets and bulk at signing new leases, Another contributing factor that has turned the tide is expanding construction pipeline. Completions of new units decreased through mid-2022, reaching a near-decade low in the third quarter at just over 500 units. However, resurging construction starts, particularly the newly 23 units that began construction in the fourth quarter, has caused the pipeline to expand to more than 10,000 units. This represents a 60% increase from the seven-year low reached in mid-2021. With net absorption, the difference between move-ins and move-outs recalibrating in the region The net effect of increased deliveries in tandem with reduced demand could be further vacancy expansion and more erosion of rental growth. Vacancies, which had been previously experienced a drop of more than 200 basis points in the mid-2020s and mid-2022, have crept back up to 5.7%. Examining historic apartment deliveries and net absorption trends alone on a quarterly basis can be helpful. However, a deeper look into these trends as ratios of total inventory can point to the magnitude of market changes and give insight as to how much room vacancies could have to run. Portland has experienced three major periods of vacancy expansion since the Great Recession. During 2007, completions heated up and leasing plummeted as job losses mounted. The next period of increasing vacancies was 2015-17 to 17, as the market experienced its largest supply expansion ever. And finally, in 2020, as residents fled urban cores in response to the rise in remote work during the pandemic. What's notable is that during two of these three instances of elevated vacancy, the spread between absorption and delivery ratios on the trailing 12-month basis was subsequently outpaced by the resulting vacancy expansion. Only during the gap that formed in 2019 and widened during 2020 did the resulting vacancies stay relatively tame. This was mainly because construction came to a halt amid developer fears of recession. Labor became scarce and material costs skyrocketed as supply chains jammed up. In 2007 to 2015, spreads between absorption and delivery ratios reached 165 to 131 basis points, respectively. Conversely, vacancies during those same time periods rose by a much higher 250 to 200 basis points. Past performances aren't always indicators of future trends. Nevertheless, the current leasing pullback and construction wave suggests Portland's apartment vacancy rental rate may see continued upward pressure. 
Areas such as downtown and southwest waterfront and northwest Portland are expected to see plenty of luxury high-rise apartments in coming quarters. Vancouver will also see a new wave of multifamily completions in 2023 that could challenge fundamentals on the Washington side of the river as well. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new edition of Multifamily Market Watch. Be sure to check out our most recent HFO TV interviews. We have Michael Anderson and Jay Lee, researchers at Sightline Institute discussing House Bill 2889, Governor Kotek's goal of building 36,000 homes in the next 10 years. HFO TV interviews are available on our website or our YouTube channel. You can always stay up to date on multifamily news throughout the week by visiting or subscribing to the Northwest Apartment Investor blog, available on our website. If you're a multifamily owner in Washington State, be sure to check out our other bi-weekly report, Washington Multifamily Market Watch, available on our website and all podcast markets. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week. Stay in the know with HFO. Listen to podcasts, read the latest news, or watch exclusive HFO TV interviews. Connect to our blog, podcasts, or video interviews directly from our website at hfore.com.